the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Sammy the Bull Gravano to the three to four footers down at the bank. Never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Great to be back. Costa Rica. Yeah, fun time. Duval, Hogan Road. No place I'd rather be. As we get things rolling right here, who'd have thought first day of March yet? What you, uh, yet again? We turn the calendar. Uh, absolutely amazing to me. Again, don't blink. Before you know it, uh, football will be here. Before you know it, the NFL draft will be here. Of course, tomorrow will be a very interesting day at the combine in Indianapolis. That is officially when workouts begin. And that'll be the case Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Obviously, the interview process has gone on with all of the players who were there, as well as head coaches, general managers. We know that Doug Peterson, Trent Bulky, both of whom did speak on Tuesday, can have an opportunity here over the next couple of hours to review what they said, since I haven't offered up my opinion. And as always, we will give you the opportunity to respond. That's the way we love to do things here on Into the Night. All right, alongside J.J. LaSalva, I am Rick Ballou. It was an interesting week for me in Costa Rica. I got to tell you this, um, it is the first time in my life I've ever gone on a vacation and returned uh, weighing less, okay? I'm down 10 pounds because I had a massive attack of food poisoning uh, the last couple of days. It was just absolutely brutal. And I have no idea what I ate. Granted, while I was there, I was eating with both hands and I was consuming all sorts of whatever it was that was in front of me, Uh, whether it was uh, Planet Hollywood, where my girlfriend's son got married, uh, that beautiful uh, place that we stayed inside, all-inclusive. And then at the end, uh, went to, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half away uh, to the other side there at the Westin and had an opportunity to play what they told me is the nicest golf course on Costa Rica. Another incredibly, uh, and for me, I'm not, I'm really not a highbrow guy. You know, I, I enjoy dive bars. I, I enjoy eating pizza on a, on a sidewalk. You know, when, when, uh, the guys from the Jaguars radio network would go knocking down these, you know, very elegant, uh, chop houses and, uh, great uh, steakhouses and whatever. If I'm in New York, no, I'm going to have a couple of slices of pepperoni pizza right there on the sidewalk. I'm, I'm not typically that guy, but for this trip, that's what we did. And it was phenomenal. So let me get this straight. I got all I can eat. I got all I can drink. And I got food poisoning. And I'm puking. And it's coming out the other end. And I can't keep anything in me. So the good news is this, at least for me. I survived it. And number two, I lost a little bit of weight. Here's the key, JJ. I lost a lot of money and a little bit of weight. It could have been worse. You also have a great tan, (laughs) which you can see if you go on our YouTube page. Hello! 1010XL, we will be the first video. Give us a share. Give us a like. 
let Rick know what he looks like. Rats and rats. Maybe that was the deal. Maybe that's what I ate. Uh, some of the interesting stuff in that third world country that they're just cooking right there on the Barbie. Uh, if you get out of, there were a couple of times, you know, we got out of the uh, resort or whatever, you know, to go to, um, uh, we went boating and I uh, saw where Michael Jordan apparently has his home. Okay. In Costa Rica, very nice, you know, incredibly nice place. And um, the, the rainforests to me were, the best part, albeit they are pretty dangerous. And I'm surprised. And maybe there are, I haven't Googled it. I haven't looked at it. Maybe there are more scenarios where, where folks get, um, I don't know, eaten alive by a crocodile or I'm, I'm hanging out with a sloth who looks totally stoned. Okay. And some people ask me, Hey, Baloo, did you bring the J bird or did the sloth already have it for you? Uh, when you arrived, uh, I have this stuff up Either on Twitter, W1010XL, if it's too long, I put some of it on Facebook. Uh, but that story with the snake is legit. You know, just looking up, I always thought that snakes and trees was like stuff out of a movie. Or, you know, you, you watch those documentaries or whatever, and guys spend, you know, hours upon hours upon hours in the jungle. And then s- sooner or later, they finally find a snake, you know, cruising through the trees and you're like, ah, they got it. And they're going to put it out there for you to see. We noticed that within like the first 45 minutes of our trip. And it just absolutely, completely blew me away uh, to see that. Uh, live monkeys, you got it. And it. Just birds. And I think when I get older, which for some is, well, you're already old, Blue. I think I'm going to become a bird watcher. I think that's going to be a lot of fun because I don't think my back, you know, you talk about retirement. Like, what do you want to do when you retire? Okay, well, if you have grandchildren, that's one thing. If you don't have grandchildren, what are you going to do? You're going to play golf. You're going to go to the beach, right? I, I can't see me playing shuffleboard. I can't see me rolling, uh, rolling dice on a street corner. I, I, I don't envision me, um, I don't know, playing chess. But I, I, I can be like, hey, honey, look at this. Let's go to this foreign place on the globe and let's go check out exotic birds. I think that could be in my future. Now, can I become a self-imposed professional bird watcher, kind of like those movie, uh, th- those movie or indoor like mob or serial killer historians? I think those are all names and titles that they created for themselves. Can I do the same thing for birds? I saw a movie one time. I think it was called like The Big Year. Yeah. And it was about a bunch of people your age who go bird watching and it's not for you, dude. Okay. The the I don't know if you can like bring beers. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you can, but it's probably frowned upon in that community. If it's yuppie like, yeah, that it's I It's very wealthy. Yeah. I don't think a lot of like middle class people are bird watchers. That was the only problem about these all-inclusive things is it, it is it it, it is people. and it was it's it's too it's too classy for me. That's the honest way to describe mm, it. I know what exactly what you mean by that. Okay, if I have to put a collar on my shirt to go to dinner, I'm already on the outs. You you know how I roll. I like to wear a t-shirt and if I'm putting a collar on, it's because I'm playing golf and that's it or perhaps going to a wedding uh and or a a funeral. But uh anyway, great time. Uh, no doubt about it. The people out there are simply amazing. It's really sad. 
it's a uh, it's an incredibly poor country. Uh, it's beautiful, and I can only imagine what they think of folks like us when you just see how they live, um, you know, city to town or whatever uh, during the outskirts, and then you drive a few minutes uh, this way, and and bam, you know, you have a locked-in gated community uh, with the hotels and restaurants and Trust everything. Trust me, they love you. Well, they do because we spend money. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that's that's the main part of it. But uh, overall, it was a uh, phenomenal time. But I am definitely glad to be back. If I rank food poisoning, I'm going to rank it second as far as sickness. Nothing is worse than when you legitimately have the flu. Okay? Because the thing with the flu is, and here's what's really cruel about that. When you get the flu... You know how people handle sickness? There are those who will roll. They'll try to go for like a cool spot in the bed, and they'll do anything within their power not to puke it up. Where I have always been a believer, and this came into play thousands of times uh, with booze and being hungover, you're better off getting it out of you. You get it out of you, you're going to end up feeling better. But the problem with the flu is when you get it and you get it out of you, it still doesn't leave you. It's still in your body. It's still in your head. And it's just a god-awful feeling. Food poisoning, I think, is number two. But food poisoning is kind of like a combination effort because it's not just the puking. It's coming out the other side. And honestly, that ended up being much more of a problem than just puking. So you kind of got that twofold combination. With food poisoning, I think everything else after that are things that we can deal with. Booze sickness is never fun. We've all been part of, oh, I'll never drink again. I'll never do tequila again. I'll never drink Irish whiskey again. Yeah, yeah. And then you know you're going to do it. On the ground of my bathroom. And, you you know, hangovers stink, but there are remedies. You could find ways to get over it, find ways to sweat it out, or just simply grab the hair of the dog. Um, But I'm going to put that in my official rankings. You know, I like to rank things. I'm going to rank sicknesses. I'm going to put food poisoning up now at number two behind only the legitimate flu. I've actually never had, knock on wood, I've never had food poisoning. Do you know what the specific food might have been? No, because you were just gorging yourself. Oh, my God. There was so (laughs) many restaurants and there was so much incredible food. And I, I do not know. What it was. How was the wedding? The wedding was phenomenal. Was it outside? Oh, it was an outside wedding, right on the water. Love that. It was um it was as great you know, it was as good as you could have asked for. I have a surprise for you. Okay, before you give me the surprise, I have a bigger surprise for you. Whoa. All, you go first. All the contraband that I did bring <laughs> back was not confiscated by security good. in Costa Rica, Miami. Or Jackson. Did they put it in one of those? Did you go to the duty free liquor store? Um, there was liquor all over the place. No, I, I'm talking about in the hotel or in the airport. No. Okay. No, I did not. Okay. Mm-mm. That's what. I, that's my go to. I was gonna bring home a bunch of Cubans, but I was just like, you know, I'm like blue. You know, just understand where you are, okay, with this company, and. <laughs> If you get caught in customs, oh my God, that would have been a great newspaper. Headline. Bringing back a bunch of Cuban cohibas, it's not like anyone here would be shocked, right? But it would just be like a 
an what? unnecessary distraction. Like, hey, someone from 1010XL and 92.5 FM got caught trying to smuggle Cuban cigars back. Who do you think that was? How long do you think until upper management would say, well, for crying out loud, it had to have been blue, right? Probably second, first or second. Maybe. Yeah. So I left it. I, I, I just, I, I, I didn't do it. I wanted to. I was so, so, so ready. And I just didn't do it. You're surprised. I got engaged this weekend. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wow. Speaking what did she of say? Weddings, she said yes. Holy and I know you're disappointed. Smokes. I know you would have liked me to be, you know, just have a, oh, a that's relationship not true. for a thousand years. No, that's all an act. That's, <laughs> but, all, uh, that's all radio embellishment. Yeah. Right? It's happening. Bro. How did you do it? I did it on the beach. That's what made me think of uh, your, your son-in-law's wedding or however you refer to him. He... Son-in-law would be it, yes. I I I just randomly woke up on Saturday morning. I had the ring for a couple months, so this was already in the works. But I didn't know when I wanted to do it. Mm. I was told, "Don't do it on Valentine's Day. Don't do it on New Year's Eve. That's tacky. It's lame." So I was just like, "I'll do it a random day." And it was nice outside Saturday morning. I was like, "Let's go to the beach," and uh, I did it, man. Were you nervous? I was. I had a. Vodka orange juice before I left the house to okay. you know bring my nerves down and I was not nervous whatsoever. It was awesome, man. Now you're still in the category of uh, of younger kids nowadays. Uh, youngsters <laughs> I, can't do I'm anything not... without it being filmed. Did, I, exactly. did you have someone there filming you? No. All right. So I I respect about that. this for a long time. I'm like, do I want to have a friend like hiding in the cut with a camera? But no, we just did it the old-fashioned way. I was like, my parents don't have a video of them getting engaged. Like, they're still <laughs> married. You know, who cares? And she loved it. And we got a standing ovation twice from the people at the beach. So it was special. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. You did get on a knee? I did, of course. Right. Had her stand up. I'm glad and... there's no film. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Uh, we remember it. It's just... You're the only two who need to know. Exactly. You know, today's kids, hey, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to go dump my boyfriend. Get it on Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. I'm gonna, you know, everything needs to be documented uh, nowadays. I'm going to go ruin his life. All right, now let me let me tell you something. As far as I'm concerned, the two, my marriage did not last, okay? We were boyfriend-girlfriend. We were engaged, and then we went to Chicago. I stayed engaged for probably an extra year, year and a half, Um than I should have. I, I, you know, I guess if the clock was the sp- was to have uh, sped up, I should have got married a lot sooner. The years of engagement were the best years of the relationship. Oh, interesting. So we were we were thinking about doing this quickly. Oh, all right. So well, in that like, case, don't b- let me turn you before off. Before football season or right after football season, uh, huh? I'm not going to screw all my friends by having a you know November 13th wedding or something. Yeah, there's still that little there's that little niche of engagement compared to marriage where you could still, <laughs> hey, honey, I'm playing golf tomorrow, yes. not, hey, honey, can I play golf yeah. tomorrow? To me, that's the biggest difference between marriage and boyfriend-girlfriend. Asking can, permission. Right. The I'm doing to the can, can I, I becomes, that's when the ring goes on, that becomes 100% official. That makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, no. Hey, listen. <laughs> I, I'm happy for you. I, I couldn't be any happier. Thank you, So, uh, big news while I was gone. Anything yeah. else happened while I, I spent sh- a week away? I cut my hair. Yeah? But that was it. I liked that. What was the reason for the haircut? It's just getting hot. Just, I was so over it, man. I was tired of it. 
it's time to get the mullet off my head. All right. You had a little time off because Hack moved up a couple hours, right? So you got the evenings off. It was great, man. Yeah. I enjoyed your vacation just as much as you did, probably. <laughs> well, I never take time during football, so I mean, they're like, Blue, you need to take like four or five weeks a year. Just this get out of here. This was the best. There were, literally was nothing happening in the sports world. Um, and like you got back today, yeah. and it's like the number one pick gets arrested. It's like perfect timing. Number one pick arrested this um, – you know, we talked about Joe Valachi and the Valachi papers, perhaps the most important documents since were released today with the National Football League Players Association yeah. report card on all 32 teams, just damaging on the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I have a couple of comments on that. Number one, it's a very old building. So if there's a rat problem, I mean, who really should be surprised? I, I can give you some stories that'll make a goat puke. Uh, if if you were to hear the way that the Boston Garden once was, or Fenway Park or Wrigley Field were, or the old Orange Bowl. I mean, rats in a facility are common. Uh, the, the family scenario got to me a little bit, and I do want to come back and, and, and speak on that, but I do believe there's one thing that you have to consider before we even really even look at this poll. All right, 1,300 players were surveyed. I believe that when you're, around, when you're around a losing product, that affects the way that you are going to approach a survey. And I did see where this year's two Super Bowl participants, where they ranked. And it's not like they were top five. As a matter of fact, Kansas City, in a lot of categories, was very low. As you would expect, that's an old stadium at Arrowhead. But this poll took place, or this survey actually did take place a year ago, okay? And the part with families, which is really damaging, was pre-Doug Peterson. It was pre-this new operation that is ongoing. And I just think the whole lingering effect of that being during the Urban Meyer regime and everything that went sideways with this football team I'm honestly not surprised by it. Anyway, if you think that that's lip service, uh, I'll remind you that I'm no longer getting paid from the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is not. It is, as always, it is the truth. But I just wouldn't make that big deal about it, all right? Once the Millard Electric practice facility comes into fruition before training camp this year and when they continuously add, uh, we all know that that is a broken-down facility. And... It needs to be fixed. It, it needs a major facelift. And no one is going to attract more attention than getting it straight from the players. And in this case, the National Football League Players Association, what they came forward with, boy, they're showing a lot of power. Because th these players are so pampered, right? They're so babied that they're going to whine. You know, I traveled charter with those guys forever. And, and they got a good grade on travel. And I'm happy to hear about that because I, I know all the guys very well in logistics and all of the people that are involved uh, behind the scenes with the Jaguars. And let me tell you something. They're all a bunch of really good guys, and they work very hard. But y you're trying to appeal and trying to please the, the pampered, okay, the one in a million. And that's the way the professional football players are. They want everything, and they want it right in front of them, and they want it fast. That's league-wide.
happen. It's not only in the NFL. It's everywhere. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a lot to compare that to. The only team I've ever traveled with with any consistency was the Jaguars. But uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, good. We'll spend a couple of minutes on that. On the other side, then I want to get to Trent Bulky after his comments yesterday. Man, it's unbelievable to look at how his entire reputation has changed in a year, not only in Jacksonville, but perhaps more importantly around the NFL where some of his colleagues and others, even though they're saying it, you know, as an anonymous quote, uh, it's pretty impactful what this man has done. And of course, restructuring contracts has uh, told us once again, there is no such thing as the salary cap, okay? You can find ways to create more cash. And the biggest message that was sent to us yesterday by Trent Bulky: this team is building themselves to win this year, okay? Forget about 2024 and 2025. And tw- no, they're going for it this year. And you have to love that. It's March 1st. And you're a Jags fan. You got to be like, this is, I mean, Roy Robertson Harris restructuring these deals. They're going to try to win it this year. And for as long as you've waited, as patient as you, as you have been, I, I just love it for you. So we got a lot to do over the next couple of hours. As always, our opening comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Uh, Schmunez Vision, you know, no matter where you go and what you do, um, it's, it's amazing that so many of us forget about our eyes and care about every other part of our body and see doctors for this and see doctors for that. But we often neglect uh, our eyes. You know, a few weeks ago, I slept in my contacts, which was just absolutely a boneheaded move uh, by yours truly. I, I was thinking, what if I had done that in Costa Rica? What if I woke up the way I did a few weeks ago and I could barely see out of my right eye? I had to call Dr. Shmunez. He said, get in here immediately. He gave me some drops, and it went away in like two days. Well, what if that happened? I mean, it was bad enough to deal with food poisoning. What if I couldn't see out of my right eye? It's only a little part of what they do over there, okay? You're talking about Dr. Catherine Shmunez, fellowship trained in cornea, cataract surgery, our refractive surgery. Combined, that's more than 30 years in laser eye surgery. Imagine going through life never having to worry about contacts or glasses or readers again because you have laser eye surgery. It's unbelievable what they do, and they are a family organization down at the beach. Set up an appointment today. Their number is 299-2906, or go to schmunezvision.com. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, with you tonight till 8, rest of the week uh, till 8 o'clock as well. I have some live reports beginning tomorrow from Indianapolis once the players begin to work out. It is, again, very comforting to look at what the Jaguars are a part of and, and where they stand. Really no mystery this year. They're in a scenario where they legitimately can draft the best possible player who is there for them at number 24. Of course, there's a ton of rumors. I do miss being in Indianapolis, not necessarily for observing the workouts. And if you've never been, they don't allow you actually inside the dome. Okay. The only folks who are allowed inside the dome to watch these players go through their drills are the 32 teams, you know, the general managers, the scouts, the position coaches, head coaches, the media is somewhere else located uh, within the RCA Dome, and they bring the players in, and you get an opportunity 
to interview them. But what I have always felt was most valuable was basically just opening up both your ears and listening. I mean, the media hotel, if it's at the same place, and I forget, we went there every year. It's where the Jaguar stayed as well. Uh, that media lounge, the, the gossip that is coming out of there and the rumors that are coming out of there is absolutely spectacular. And you never know where it's going to come. You never know what is going to be said, depending on how many drinks are are actually flowing. And th- that is what I, I miss the most. I certainly don't miss the weather. And it's a grind. But we'll have reports because uh, tomorrow will be day one of actual workouts. That'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, of course, next week we have the Players' Championship. So, it just all runs together, and then after the players, you know, on the 15th, that is when the league officially begins. That's when the NFL's league year starts at 4 o'clock on that uh, 15th, and the 48 hours preceding that, the opportunity to, um, you know, officially tamper and or, you know, negotiate with with contracts, and for prospective free agents and and that is a massive change this year okay that is something that you as Jaguar fans have been very well accustomed to over the last several years whether it's been Dave Caldwell or the first couple of years now with Trent Bulky, is how much money has been spent and where they have gone to bring in free agents that's not going to happen this year for the Jaguars it's real simple it's about trying to retain as many of the players on their roster as they can. And Trent Bulky yesterday, when he met with the media, uh, said that. He went over it time and again. He also said something that has not been heard here in I don't even know how long, that all of a sudden the Jacksonville Jaguars have become a place that players around the NFL want to come in and play. And that is what you want. And Bulky deserves a ton of credit here. He does. And I was as hard on Trent Bulky as anyone. And I'm not trying to dismiss that. I'm not trying to turn the other cheek towards that. If, and, and again, it's not like the final grade is in. As far as I'm concerned, the final grade is winning a Super Bowl. Okay? And you have the quarterback. You now have a coach. Trent Bulky right now deserves... The credit he is getting, the love he is getting, and I never thought it would happen, okay? I I remember sitting here talking about, what does he know that we don't know? Why is he moving James Robinson? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Obviously, he has a deal with Shad Khan, where Shad Khan has told him, regardless of how many wins this year, you're not going anywhere. Build it. Well, maybe it's time to give Shad Khan a little bit more credit when it came to Trent Bulky, because the whole city was like move along from this guy and you track what he did in free agency you track what he did in the NFL draft and it was a really good year as a matter of fact let's hear from bulky real quick here on um let's play number three on you know where this football team is as far as the core and trying to keep all of these players right now here in Duval well again we're trying to keep the core together and the core is not just frontline players. It's guys at every level of the 53. Every, every guy on that team, when you're talking about 53 players, every one of those players is important. 
And uh, CJ and Jamichael are two guys that are key guys in that locker room. They're key contributors, uh, not only on the, on the field, but in the community, within the, the leadership of the team. So there's a lot of things that go into that, but we're, we're glad that they're aboard for another two years and looking forward. We've, we've got a lot more work to do, as you know. Jamichael Hasty would have become a restricted free agent on the 15th. They redo a deal with him. Of course, C.J. Beathard, a two-year contract. He would have become an unrestricted free agent in two weeks. I think that this move is enormous to try to keep that entire room together. We know that they did lose Jim Bob Cooter, who will now call plays in Indianapolis. However, you know, Jacksonville uh, did go out and make a move. They brought in Nick Holtz. Uh, who, you know, has done a lot of nice things in both the NFL and in college. He will take over now as the passing game coordinator. Uh, but, you know, you have Doug Peterson. You have Mike McCoy. You have Press Taylor. You have C.J. Beathard. You add Nick Holes. Do you realize that out of the 32 teams, J.J., there are 16 new offensive coordinators this year in the NFL? I didn't. 16 of 32. Now, not all of them are going to call plays. The majority are. That's the league we're in. We always talk about head coaches, right? Five changes this year, 10 changes the year prior, eight changes the year prior to that. I mean, 16 different offensive coordinators. So I like what Jacksonville has done. Obviously, they also did keep, um, after losing uh, Chris Jackson as a wide receiver, uh, coach uh, Chad Hall uh, comes aboard, and Doug Peterson actually did coach him years ago back in Philadelphia. So a little bit more on Trent Baalke, including the latest and another promising comment about Evan Ingram. You know, basically from the horse's mouth, Evan Ingram's going to be here one way or another. Whether you slap a franchise tag on him at $11,345,000 or you can come up with a long-term deal, he's not going anywhere. Juwan Taylor, well, we need more time to discuss that because there is some rumblings on his future and certainly that is going to be a major talking point. We'll get there in just a couple of minutes. Uh, let's get to this ranking. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've been locked in uh, at the office all day. and Because it was a late report. I don't think it came out until like 4 o'clock or, or so uh, this afternoon. But what did occur is, for the first time that I'm aware of, the NFLPA, again, flexing their muscles, trying to create a little bit more muscle for them uh, throughout the National Football League did conduct a survey of more than 1,300 NFL players. Now, we don't know if these are starters. We don't know if they are reserves. We don't know if they're practice squad guys. Regardless, they were all a part of this survey. We don't know if 10 players from the Jaguars were involved, two from the Jaguars were involved, or 50 from the Jaguars. Again, we don't know. And, and maybe we will get some more uh, data, if you will. Right now, we don't have it. But they, they rank things in, in several categories. Here it goes. Number one, treatment of families for the Jacksonville Jaguars. An F. They failed. Okay, tied for 29th in the league. Um, some of the comments was, uh, let's see here. Um 14, the Jaguars are one of 14 in the NFL that doesn't have a family room, okay? One of 11 in the NFL that does not offer daycare in the stadium. Wives of players have breastfed on the floor in a public restroom, okay? 
incredibly damaging. I guess. I I mean, is a guy not going to come here because of that? No, probably not. It sounds to me like it's a little bit overbearing. And let's be honest, it's an old building. The Miller Electric practice facility is going in. The facelift is going to go. You're going to have all these people complaining about tax money here and tax money there and Shad Khan invest all the money. And, you know, your pup, it, that's all coming. And by the way, if you win, that's a lot easier to sell than if you're not winning. Can I ask a very ignorant man question? Yes. Um, where do women usually breastfeed? Like, isn't it usually in the women's room? I have no idea. Okay. I figured you wouldn't either. <laughs> I just, I, 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 and I'm not trying to make a point at no. all. I'm just, I don't know. Hey, brother, I'm there to watch the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, there's only 17 of those bad boys a year. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. Yes. Uh, you do not have your nipple out during the game. Thank I, I, God for that. Uh, food service and nutrition, a D. Tied for 22nd in the league. Weight room, a D plus. Tied for 29th. That, um... That sucks. That's a surprise. I know they brought some of that stuff outside. I didn't know if that was by design to soak in the humidity and make it that much hotter. But, you know, I, I've, been in, I've been at every NFL stadium, okay, as the former Jaguar sideline reporter. I haven't been in weight rooms. So I can't compare. I've seen the Jaguars' weight room. For someone like me, it looks absolutely fantastic. But... Again, I don't know how to compare that uh, to the other, what would it be, 29? Because they share a stadium in L.A. and they share a stadium in, um, in Los Angeles. Strength coaches, A-. minus. I like that. I'm happy to see that. Tied for 17. Is it the same guy, though? Well, there's three of them. Okay. Th- three lead guys. So um, they're all still there from the, uh, the no, when this was taken. Uh, Milo moved on. I'm not sure where Milo went and he, they had that knucklehead from Columbus a year ago. Remember that guy? He would like run around in like 1990s bike coaches. Classic strength coach outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was like a talk show host in Columbus. I honestly do if you Google him. I, I think Urban went out and got, he was like on the mic and Urban's like, hey, how would you have to come down here and train my guys and, and uh, in South Florida? I'll give, how much you're making a year doing radio? You're making... 10000 a year doing radio? I'll tell you what, I'll, let's put a zero on that. You're now making six digits. Come on down here. Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. strength, conditioning. Yeah, run it for us. He also tried to hire the guy from Iowa. <laughs> That's right. That. That's right. He was after the Iowa guy. Yes. <laughs> the, Iowa, the Iowa racist. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that alleg- one. Allegedly. He couldn't get the Iowa racist, so he hired a talk <laughs> show host from Columbus. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Crying out loud. And uh, despite that, you know, they still got a passing grade. Actually, they got a really good grade, an A minus. So, hmm, interesting. Training room D minus. Know very little about that. Training staff, and I'm very happy to see this because I got to really know all of those men and women uh, from the years that I spent on the field, and I know how hard they worked, and they got a solid A. So that uh, that's very encouraging. Locker room a D minus. Boy, I mean. I, I, I'm sorry. That that's just that's petty. That that's arrogance. That that locker room is beautiful. Okay, it's it's now I understand that there are others that are so ridiculously supreme 
and maybe I got to get my head out of the fact that I remember what the locker room looked like in 95, 96, and 97, and what that locker room looks like now. And, you know, as a Jaguar, I never went to other locker rooms. I never went to the visiting locker room to try to do interviews after games when I was on the road or even here at home. I would always stay with the Jags, so I unfortunately cannot compare that. Now, I've seen visiting. I've seen every visiting locker room. It's a cubbyhole in, ball, in, uh, in Buffalo. It's a cubbyhole at Arrowhead in Kansas City. Uh, there's no room to move. Now, all right, Jerry's World, the new one in L.A., um, Minnesota, you know, right there in Minneapolis. There's a couple that stick out, even the roadies, that are like, whoa. That's pretty impressive, but yeah, anyway, 28th in the league. Why uh, should you care about eh. that one as much? I mean, I I understand it's just like embarrassing if you have a totally terrible away mm-hmm. locker room, but it's not like a player would come or not come because of a locker room he won't use anyways. For the reason I mentioned at the top, these players are incredibly pampered. The last category is travel. They got a B, tied for 15th tell you how this works you'd be absolutely because in in i just got back from costa rica at 1 30 a.m this morning after a three and a half hour layover mm. uh by the way i was feeling better that the admirals club will never be the same in miami after my performance last night <laughs> uh, but but all right you t- you talk about being pampered this this is how the jaguars travel because i did it with them for eight years and i also did it with them for about a year and a half, because I did it halfway through the year in 97 back when I was at the ball uh, on the Tom on the Tom Coughlin uh, flights, which was so different compared to today's flights. How so? Let me, let me like just, more discipline, like let, less talking, like let me say, let me give it to you in one word: medication. If 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 I told you the way it used to be, everybody's on in the mid to late nine. No 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 no. But how different it was out in the open compared to now. Okay, I'm not going to say anything else because it's just it's just not worth it. But um, we've learned a lot about painkillers over the last twenty years. Oh, so much. Oh, <laughs> it's not jelly beans. It, it it is not, and, and it was. A, a totally, if any former players are listening right now, I mean, it was a totally different world all over the place. I imagine Every it was the sport, same. Especially in, it, yeah. in the NFL. I imagine it was that way in college. I don't even know. Okay. But this is, so these guys are going to complain about travel. I, I, I won't mention a name, but I think I said this a few weeks ago uh, b- before I went away that we were talking about, you know, two week, two and a half week. Boston Bruins has got a, a massive road trip. West Coast, then they went through Canada. You know, they'll be back home tomorrow night to take on um, Buffalo at home. But whether it's the NBA or MLB or the NBA, these guys go on the road sometimes for two or three weeks. I do believe that there was a time in the early 90s, the mid-90s, that the Jags had like three straight on the road. And I remember a player, a prominent player, really complaining about it. And that was back when I wasn't afraid to uh, – to counter, uh, if you want. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. You guys are gone for 24 hours, and you're back. It's not like you're going away for – you literally leave on Saturday afternoon, you're back on Sunday night, and, oh, Stu, we're away from our families. I'm, I'm like, you're gone for a day, bro. 
You're gone for one day. Baseball players are gone for okay? a month. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, this is the way we would meet at the stadium at noon. Take buses, police escort to the tarmac where you go through security. Okay. You get on the plane. There's food all over the place. You take off. You land. You come back out on the tarmac. There are buses waiting for you. You get a police escort to one of the top hotels in the city. You walk into the hotel. They have everything designed where it's players, coaches, and staff. Within 10 minutes, you are in the hotel room, upstairs, into your room. You don't check in. Wait a minute. You don't deal with it. No. It's all right there. After the game, you do interviews, you shower, same deal, you leave, tons of food for you to take, back into the bus. The bus will give you a police escort when all the knuckleheads are trying to drive home or still partying Stuck after the game. traffic. They will take you on a police escort straight to the tarmac, put you in the plane, fly you home, buses waiting for you back here in Jacksonville, bus you back to the stadium, you get in your vehicle... Let me tell you something, brother. You go to a place like Baltimore, you go to a place like Cincinnati or Nashville, you're home at 9 o'clock at night. After You, you get done at, playing at 4. I mean, you have no idea the preferential treatment that these players, and they, they deserve it. But here's my point. The more you give, the more complaints you're going to get. So I think that's an answer to your question with some of these categories. Really happy, again, to see the travel team get to be here. Those, those, uh, those folks involved with logistics with the Jaguars do outstanding work. They do. And um, it would be very easily for me to, it'd be very easy for me to you know, take a shot or two since I no longer work there, right? I mean, what do I have to lose? It's not the case. They're good people, great staff, hard workers. The problem right now is the facility, okay? I guess the weight room, that that situation with families, I, I imagine right now, all of a sudden you got some people who make some pretty big money that are, hmm, how are we going to figure this thing out? But again, the Miller Electric practice facility is coming in a couple of months. After that, get the damn thing passed. Build the stadium up. Face lift it. Okay, make it like Miami did. That's what you have to do. That old Miami stadium was fall, you know, falling apart. And look at it now. They have like a disco. I mean, they have like a gentleman's club disco um, club in Miami. I love. I I haven't been to that, but I've been to the stadium. Multiple let me see times. if I can find the video on my phone. We got to take a break here. But I, they do wait, have a roof, which is well, badass. Well, let me. You have to go through this room in order to get to the visiting radio broadcast booth. Oh, I see. I'm not even lying to you. Last year, when we went there, I think it was a Nick Foles preseason game. There were women swinging on poles, okay? And this is a pre- you and Fran here walking through. <laughs> oh, Frank, Frank was like totally into it. I was like, oh my God, what is this place? I've never seen anything How like offensive. this before in my life. What do you call this place? And someone's just like, we call it a home game in Miami. Bottle of 
lights A bottle of red Perhaps a bottle of rosé into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, big event coming up in just a couple of days. It'll be right here in Jacksonville on March 10th. It's going to be the Lords of 52nd Street. All the great Billy Joel music over the decades will be formed out at the Florida Theater. And in just one moment, we're going to talk to uh, the original drummer. Spent more than 30 years with Billy Joel. I'm going to have a conversation here coming up with Liberty DeVito. So, Brooklyn Rays got his start out in Jersey, like a lot of other rockers, and um, put it all together. Um, now, Billy Joel to me, pretty interesting because he was a great singer-songwriter, but you know, he kind of drifted off into some pop, you know, some hits. Some of that stuff got, in my opinion, a little bit corny. Um, but... His earlier stuff, like right there, scenes from an Italian restaurant, was was just incredible, man. I mean, not necessarily sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but actually going out and, and telling some stories. So, uh, Billy Joel, certainly one of the greats of, uh, of our lifetime. Uh, they are going to play all of the music, and I guess three members from his band, among others, do form up Lords of 52nd Street. I, I've never seen them. I don't. Uh, you know, I hadn't heard much about him until I knew I was going to get an opportunity to talk uh, with Liberty DeVito, but he's going to be joining us here coming up in just a couple of minutes. All right, I- I'm being told now uh, some folks think that I'm getting it from a couple of different sources, all right, right here in Jacksonville, that they think it's the water that I drank and not necessarily oh, the food, right, ice or water. Now, most of the water that I drank was bottled water. But there were times where I was drinking tap water or the water that they were pouring. I, I, I was also drinking frozen drinks, and they use ice cubes to make those. They call them, I think, drunken monkeys out there. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of the version of the, the bushwhacker uh, that is here, okay? The bushwhacker that I, I want to say was invented out in Pensacola, maybe, or somewhere, Alabama, Pensacola, somewhere out there in that part of the country and you know whenever I go to um uh, to Key West it's 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 one of those cocktails you can only drink I don't know maybe maybe once a month you know what I mean is there rum yeah four four different types of rum ooh yeah and it is uh absolutely spectacular okay but maybe that was how I did it I'm not sure I'm trying to figure all of that. <laughs> this guy goes, yo, dude, he's married to a supermodel. Don't be jealous. <laughs> I don't think he is anymore. Oh, that's right. He is. I did read about Liberty DeVito. He is. Absolutely. He is. I think he has been twice. And of course I'm jealous. I'm jealous because the guy plays drums. I'm jealous because the guy um, knows how to do things that I, I wish that, that I could do. I can't imagine what it's like to try to write, whether it's a book or a song. I mean, I could sit here and talk for hours upon hours upon hours, but try to write and get it pen to paper and then write the music to go along with it or perhaps write the music first and then add the lyrics. I don't even know. You know all these artists I've talked with say they, they do it differently depending on, you know, their mood or what the particular scenario may be. It's fantasy. It really is. It, it just 
It's fascinating to me, and um, it's a treat, no doubt about it. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. All right, they're rolling in the town. It'll be soon, March 10th. It'll be at the Florida Theater. It is the Lords of 52nd Street, one of the original members who spent more than 30 years with Billy Joel on drums is Liberty DeVito, and he joins Rick Ballou. Liberty, I appreciate a few moments. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I heard you're talking about writing songs. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, please. It's it's my favorite. It doesn't matter who the songwriter is, singer-songwriter is. To me, it's the most amazing part of uh, of trying to put the music together, how you come up with the lyrics. Okay, okay. Billy Joel told me when I asked him, how do you do that? And he said to me, he said, I write about how life is for me or how I wish it was. Hmm. The hard part is to make the melody, to do the melody. That's the hard part. Yeah. Um, You know, Susan Tedeschi, a very popular band here out of Jacksonville, the Tedeschi Trucks Band, she says that there are times where she'll actually dream about this and, and get up and, and, and write about it, you know, bedside. What have you found is the most difficult part? Is, is it the actual lyrics of the songwriting? Is it the music? Do you do one first or the other? Or does it depend on, you know, the, really any given scenario? Well, being with Billy for 30 years and 11 albums later, I, see, I watch him do it. And he comes up with the, with the, the music first. He kind of hums what the lyrics will eventually be. And um, if we weren't on uh, on radio, I would tell you some lyrics that I screwed up for him. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the melody that comes first. And um, it, it, I mean, he's done such a great job. It's amazing what he's done. Right. Now, you guys knew each other at, at such a tender age. I, you were 16. He was 17. You were in New Jersey. You both were involved in different bands and he went to L.A., came back. Um, you two got together again, and you played there for 30 years. But, man, it, what an amazing beginning to that story. Yeah, we were in the same club, uh, and he was in a, a band called The Hassles. I was in a band called The New Rock Workshop. And we used to pass each other in the, in the darkness of the club and say, hi, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I, was into, I was into listening to this group called Traffic. I love them. Steve Winwood was in Traffic. Sure. And... And one night I was listening to the hassles and Billy sang Colored Rain. And I thought, oh, man, this guy's good. He, he likes the same music I like. And he's singing one of my favorite tunes. So it was at that point I thought, this guy's really good. Yeah. All right. So you love traffic. So you love classic rock like I do. How did this all come together? Because, you know, it's not like he had just one genre. He attracted those like me who love classic rock, great singer-songwriter, that they were they were love love songs, they were there were pop hits. What was that like to be with an artist that could hit so many different categories? Well, it was very interesting because he loved all kinds of music too. I mean, it's it's, it's obvious that uh, on the Turnstiles album "Think About Hollywood" is, is the tip of the hat to Ronnie Spector, mm-hmm. uh, and then on "Innocent Man." It's a, that whole album is a tip to those groups that we listened to when we were growing up, when we were very young. And then, you know, uh, Nylon Curtain is definitely a tip of the hat to the Beatles, you, you know, with the, with the song Laura and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So 
we always have another band in mind when you're doing things. You know, you just put your own signature on it. Yeah. Uh, we are talking with the Liberty DeVito. He will be in town with his band that's coming up on March 10th at the Florida Theater. It's called the Lords of 52nd Street. Again, that'll be at the Florida Theater. T- tickets are on sale. Just go to floridatheater.com. All right. So you and a couple of other original members are, are, are part of uh, uh, part of your band, uh, along with some others as well. Uh, tell yeah. us about the show. Tell us what it's all about. Well, the other guys in the band, Richie Canada, who played, you know, the saxophone on Scenes from the Time Restaurant, Only the Good Die Young, Still Rock and Roll and Me, all that kind of stuff. And Russell Javers, who was with Billy uh, up until the Bridge album. Uh, so it, it's the original Billy Joel band that started out with Billy on Turnstiles. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the three guys from that band. Because we lost Doug Stegmeyer, he was the bass player uh, that was involved with us. Uh, when the band was just me, Billy, Richie, Russell, and Doug. And um, so you get three of us. We got a guy named Dan Orlando who does the, the Billy part, plays piano and sings. Uh, people have said that we sound we sound more like the record than Billy does because we do the songs in the original key of the record. Okay. Where Billy has dropped the keys already, you know, like a whole step and such and such. So um, you're going to get where the energy from those songs came from. That's that you get the guys that that uh, really made took, made those songs into rock songs and put the power behind them. Yeah. Um, back to lyrics again, because I know you were involved uh, in in writing uh, songs uh, along with Billy Joel. How, just how does that conversation go? Do you do you bring something to Billy? Do you show him what you have? Does he ask you to go? In any particular direction, again, this is the one part of it all that amazes me more than any. Well, the thing that, the, the thing that would happen would he would call me up, and um, let, let's say um, there's a song on, on, on uh, the Bridge album called Getting Closer, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he would call me up, and he, his original idea was a song called That Ain't You, That Ain't You, Man, and it's, it's him observing his own funeral. Ooh. And I would tell him, you know, that stinks. <laughs> and, and, and he would say, I knew you were going to say that. And he, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Or, or the song Stormfront. I would, uh, he would call me up and, he, and he'd tell me the first lyrics to the song, you know, about his boat. And, you know, he's ready to leave uh, the dock and everything like that. And I would say, like, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be interested in your boat. What if the song was about the boat was actually a woman you were talking about? Hmm. Second verse goes, I got a woman. I life should be easy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and that's, that's the way we, we work. And that's uh that that's incredible because I I mean again, the artistic indifferences that you mentioned the Beatles. I mean, at the end, you know, they couldn't be with one another. Pink Floyd, you just you go on and on. They they get so sick of one another because they believe in in different things. I have to imagine that at times that got tough over thirty years. Oh, you know, you're with uh people in your band more than you are with your wife. If you're married, your your girlfriend, your children, everything. You're with these people 24 hours a day. You know, I was in a, uh, a documentary called The Hired Gun. And um, I think Rob Zombie said it the best when you're in there. He goes, you can get a thousand people. If you lose a band member, said a guitar player, there's a thousand guys that could probably play just like him. Mm-hmm. But then when you talk about like somebody that looks good on stage, you cut it down to like a hundred guys. Then you want somebody that moves and is cool. Hey, you got 10 guys. 
Then you need to have somebody you can get along with on a bus for 24 hours. Maybe there's one guy in those thousand guys that you can get along with that well. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it, it, it's, it's like a marriage, except you're married to like five, six guys, however many guys are in the band. Yep. Uh, I just finished a Neil Young autobiography, and and you know I read one on on Dwayne Allman as well. Of course, has some t- uh, some ties here to uh, or many ties here to uh, to Jacksonville. And he said his best writing would come when they'd leave him alone, and you know he'd smoke a joint or two. Uh, I know that that's been Billy Joel's kind of uh, way to go over the last several years. Um, did you ever disturb him in the in the midst of that? And uh, it went either good and or bad. Well, there was times when uh, uh, we would be in the studio and he had an idea and the band was starting to develop the idea. And then he would sit and write the lyrics and our producer, Phil Ramon, would tell us to get out of the out of the studio and go into the control room because Billy should be alone now. But while he's writing, <laughs> finishing the words. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too. I work I worked with Stevie Nicks for six, six months. That woman can't write unless she's depressed. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, your your resume is unbelievable. Karen Carpenter, um, yeah. you know, Meat, Meatloaf, who just passed recently. The yeah. great, Car- uh, the great Carly Simon, man, yeah. just uh, just in, in, in touch with so many brilliant artists over the years, and I'm sure they're all different. Hey, the Florida Theater, you know, um, the the Lords have played there. This is the first night we're going to play. Uh, we're we're, it, we're it's our show. There's yep. nobody else playing with us. But we played there before with Three Dog Night and, and other bands. But I played there many years ago with a band that I was in called Big People. Mm-hmm. It was myself, Pat Travers, yep. uh, Derek St. Holmes from Nugent's Band, Jeff Carlisi from 38 Special, and Ben Orr. Wow. And we, we played there at the Florida Theater. I remember it well because uh, somebody had given a, one of the band members flowers. And so I was carrying these flowers out to our bus, and these two women were walking by. And I said, hey, you want some flowers? And I gave them these flowers. Years later, I'm at the Grammys, and um, uh, um, look, I just forgot his name now. Bruce Hornsby is walking up the stairs. He's walking up the stairs, and I'm walking down the stairs. And he stops me, and he goes, hey, I know who you are. You gave my mother flowers. Oh, really? Very, very, (laughs) very cool. Outstanding. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this. I know Jacksonville as well. Liberty, uh, DeVito, you guys will be in town March 10th, Lords of 52nd Street, over at the Florida Theater, which is an incredible place to see a show. Really looking forward to it, and thank you so much for your time. Can't wait. There he goes, Liberty DeVito. How about that? 30 years with Billy Joel as a drummer. And he's worked with incredible artists. He he and his band will be in town again. Coming up on March 10th, it's Lords of 52nd Street, and they will be at the Florida Theater. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, a little break from sports. Why not? We love music around here. Lords of 52nd Street. Great name. Liberty DeVito. That'll be March 10th. Go ahead and uh, check that out. Some pretty good concerts coming in town. Uh, The week of the Players Championship. Man. 
Can you imagine writing a song? I mean, I, I, you know, there's been several times over the last 30 years I've, I've written on Florida State or the Jaguars, and I always thought it was, for the most part, I thought it sucked. Um, not much of a writer, you know, I'm a, and I, but I was asked to do it, and I did it. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. And I, and I, and I have a lot of, I have some downtime. I have some thinking time alone in my bar, you know, and where, where I, but I just, I don't even know where to begin. Like, you start with what you want, like just the vague topic you want, or do you have a melody that you start with? Or I, I think it's different for every, every artist you've had on that we've asked, we get a, a, a different type of answer almost. Well, it's why I always ask the question. Well, the, the main reason why I ask the question is, is I hate to say it this way. It's about making it about me, but it's because what I care about most, how do these artists write these lyrics and where does the music come into play today we heard the melody came into play not the music a melody so you're looking for a little something whether it's just the chorus or what type of i i just i i would have no idea where to begin i think i'd have a better opportunity writing a movie okay probably i got easier like uh you know dialogue of a scene that seems a lot easier than a song if you ask me to write a movie I bet I could write a movie. I absolutely bet I could. I don't know if it'd be any good. And this, over the years, I've thought about. I, I honestly have given it a lot of thought about writing this book, and I, I've bounced it off some people. I don't know if it would be attractive enough in in a lot of circles, and I don't have nearly a big enough name where it would generate anything, you know, outside of here, um, if that. Uh, but it, but it involves years and years and years of uh, of relationships and a star football player and a and a girlfriend who's Christy Brinkley supermodel esque and it, it takes you all the way through of um, you know with a mob and, and a bookie and it's about fixing a game you know it's, I'm just going so the story's kind of in some circles has been told before but never this way I, I don't know if it would work but it, but I think that I could at least attempt to write that book. Again, whether it be good or bad. Make it presentable. Right. Now, if you say to me, write write a song. <laughs> I, I don't even. Like, how do the how do the Beatles are like, all right, I got a song about Rocky Raccoon. All well, right, we're going to write a song about. Well, I'll uh, tell you how they did it. They started experimenting with <laughs> yeah, LSD. Exactly. That's a good point. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I mean, she just mentioned, he just mentioned Stevie Nicks. That poor woman was always on the verge of a complete mental breakdown. I just finished the Mick Fleetwood book, the autobiography. And they were, I told you, they were huge dopers. Cocaine. I mean, Mick Fleetwood says he snorted six miles of cocaine and spent $60 million on cocaine. Okay, those are his words in his book, not mine. But anyway, that that would be, to me, the most important or most impressive part of it all, finding a way to do that. 3057 says, working out I was in Nashville playing music. Always before a show, I go outside the curtain and talk to the crowd. So I'm interacting with them. One of my favorite things to do is ask them how many of them ever wanted to be a songwriter. Well, most would raise their hand. 
And so I would tell them, okay, give me a subject that I will write you a song. Wow. We call it a hook as a songwriter, which would be something like I see the moon shining from that. I would start out with a verse and the band would pick up and join in. What about writing comedy? Like, do you think you'd have a better shot at that, writing Much a, a joke? Okay. Much better. I agree, but I, I think that is a crazy difficult task, too. Oh, yeah. And you talk about depressed individuals. Yeah, all of them have some issues. Comics. Same as musicians. Right. To me, that would be the hardest thing to do. Right. And, so. and maybe I'm just telling myself that it would be the hardest thing to do. Now, writing lyrics... I think is a heck of, I'm talking about the complete process All here. Of it. Okay? I mean, let, let's just get, give me an artist. Name one. And I'm responsible for coming up with the lyrics, but also the music to go along with it. Whether it's a band or an individual artist. To me, that that is one, one of the most impressive things that you can do. And by the way, there's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of of failed artists and folks who've tried and they haven't been able to get it done. But I don't know. That, that'll that be, uh, that'll be impressive. We'll, we'll see. That show's coming up right around the corner. All Maybe right, we, we should ask Dan Hicken how to write a song. Now, Dan's a true lyricist. Yes. Okay. I mean. Bob Dylan who? Bob Dylan, Billy Joel, James Taylor, Dan Hicken. <laughs> well, um, I don't get a lot of people chiming in on this, though. Tell me about writing Piano Man's Affair. Actually, Piano Man, to me, I'll be honest with you, it's a beer song. I uh, Piano song is one of the few songs that I can no longer listen to. There's probably 50 that I just can't do it anymore. Piano Man is one. American Pie is another. By beer song, you mean at the concert, go up and get a beer. Yeah, if they're playing Piano Man, I'm, go- I'm <laughs> going to the lavatory then picking up a couple more Miller Lights. Where the rest of the crowd is going to go crazy. Oh, yeah. They, they know came that. for that That's song. one of the few they know, yes. Yeah, I've seen Bob Seger three times. When he plays old-time rock and roll, that's everyone gets up and dances. I run for the I, I can't stand that song anymore. Well, there's some songs I've... It doesn't matter how many times I hear it. I still love it. But... Oh, see, nobody gets overplayed on classic rock radio like Bob. Whoa. Seger, I love Seger, too, but whew, some of these... Can we just take like a five-year break from playing some of these songs? If you ever want, this is from the 2389. If you ever want to write a song, just jot down a bunch of what you think are great ideas while you're hammered, <laughs> and then go back and fill in the details when you're sober. Uh, that's some Aaron. You know, this food poisoning I had also, I, I've told you before that when I legitimately get sick, mentally I get sick as well. Has that ever happened to you? When you're physically like, what do you sick? Mean? When you're physically sick, mentally, you're going... Like uh, angry like, or... No, like a repetitive thing that goes on in your mind, like I'll get, like, like recurring, I'll get, like the same situation again and again and again and again. You don't know if you're asleep. You don't know if you're awake. That certain mm. flashback or memory... Wow. Bro, it happens to me all the time. When really? I'm leg- when I'm legitimately sick. Not booze sick. Yeah. Legitimately Flu-sick. sick. Or whatever it may be. What happened to me in Costa Rica. It's like hallucinating. My GF's like, almost. And 
I thought of it and thought of it and thought of it, and I went to it all the time. I, I had this this part of this food poisoning. You ever see uh, Revenge of the Nerds? I have. It's been a long time. The burp off between Booger <laughs> yeah. and uh, an ogre. I would have put both of them to shame. Part of this food poisoning, I would be laying down and I would have to get up and sit on the edge of the bed. And let me tell you something, brother. When I burped, it went for 20 to 25 seconds. And that is not radio embellishment, man. It came from the toes up. She loved that. Oh. What a turn on. She just went down and under. <laughs> she just went under it. She knew that heat ri- She's smart enough to know that heat rises. She just gets, that's like when, it, I'm Whenever down. there's a fire, you know to get to the ground. But it kept happening. And, and I was like, my mind, I kept thinking about something before and after. So the next day she's like, you were telling me about it last night. What were you dreaming about? And I'm like, I can't remember it now. I should have really written it down because it was really. Sounds like I was on. Sounds like I was on Costa Rican yeah. dope. I wasn't. Ayahuasca. I, I was not at all. We gotta. We gotta take a break though. We're we do. way, way, way late. Get down. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I was going to ha- have a lesson tonight on restructuring contracts and telling you how the salary cap is really nothing more than language. But we'll save that for another night. That's not going anywhere, right? we got more important things to get into. First off, someone's whining. His name's Jalen Ramsey. What do you have for us? JJ. Yeah, so there's been a lot of speculation about Jalen being traded, which... Someone on like this station. We started that. Yeah. Someone on this station really upset some folks. So if you don't remember, a few weeks ago, um, Rick put that out there, and y'all I were did not, not happy say about idiot. It. Yeah. I did not say that. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so this is from Jalen Ramsey about three minutes ago. I'm not exactly sure what it all means, but I'll just read it. Don't speak for me or my agent, please. LOL. Y'all have fun with y'all's opinions. I'm cool with that. It's entertaining, really, but don't act like you are speaking facts about something only few know about. Things will get addressed when we feel like it, in parentheses, if we ever do. Laughing face. Hmm. So I don't know if he's saying the rumors aren't true or if he's saying they are true. It's hard hard to tell. Not making a lot of sense, No. They can polish their medals... And sharpen their smiles and amuse themselves playing games for a while. Boom, boom, bang, bang, lie down. You're dead. You ever heard the Pink Floyd Fletcher Memorial Home? No. From the final cut? Let me give you a little bit of advice, young man, because you're soon to be married and your opportunity to select all your music is going to be limited. (laughs) On the way home tonight. Yes. I know you want to listen to Hacker. I understand that. I love listening to Hacker. I was going to tell you to listen during a commercial break, but that's not the way to go about it because that pays salaries around here. True. Right? You listen to I, all I these actually, damn commercials. I'll, I'll turn it down when you guys are talking and turn it up during the commercial Let break. Let me tell you, there's so. some hosts here I like. There's some I don't necessarily like, but there's one thing I love, and that's the commercials. <laughs> so Pink Floyd. At some point, <laughs> you've got to go to the final cut, which is their last album, is The Force, until uh, – Roger Waters. I, that's one of the. I am not familiar with that album whatsoever. So, the Fletcher Memorial Home is uh, on the plane. The GF finally 
showed me how to download everything so I could have nonstop <laughs> music. I didn't see that movie too. Smile, you know that. It, oh, it, it's a horror movie. Yeah, it was okay. It was. What's I, it about? I didn't love the star. She just didn't do it for me. Um, and it was slightly predictable at the end. I, I'm not going to give it away because I think it's still out there now. I had been looking for it on like the 40 different movie channels that I have. Uh, 40 different, not movie channels. I have thousands of movie channels, but like movie sources uh, that we have. And um, it was okay. It, it kind of ended the way I thought it would. You know, it's like that goofy smile. Like it's almost like a clown smile. Creepy smile. Right. Yeah. Right. But I, I watched that at one point. And outside of that, I was, I was just listening to nonstop Floyd. Because I wanted to get fired up for Costa Rica. So I figured the best way to get fired up was, was Pink Floyd. And I stumbled upon the Fletcher Memorial Home again. I hadn't heard that song in a little bit. You'll love it. You really get an opportunity to hear it. Um, all right, let me get to this real quick. we got to take a break here again coming up because we missed one last hour. But th- this story here now with Jalen Carter is, uh, is very intriguing to me. You know, Todd McShay came out a couple of months ago and said that there was some dirt on him. And there was some negativity on him. And McShay received a tremendous amount of backlash from Georgia fans and others as well. And I was a little surprised to hear about that with Tom McShay because that's never really been his his way to attack things. He's he's not a guy that I think is Making trying to uh, up. Yeah, I mean that's Jason Lock and Fora type of stuff. That's that's not um, Todd McShay. Well, it finally came out today. That he's been charged. It's a couple of misdemeanors. Apparently, he was racing the uh, recruiting staff member and, you know, a former teammate that were both killed. Unfortunately, um, this was a few months ago. Today it came down, uh, today it did come out that Jalen Carter, who may be the top pick, okay? He's supposed to be absolutely a top five pick. Could be the top pick. Uh, Reckless driving and racing. They're they're both misdemeanors. Now, to credit Jalen Carter, he was supposed to meet with teams today, meet with the media today. That was previously scheduled. He did not. He did release a statement in which he said he expects to be completely exonerated when all of the information does come into play. What I really find intriguing about this is as follows. Number one, for a moment, put yourself in that kid's shoes. He had to have been scared absolutely out of his mind. A teammate and a recruiting staff member are killed in a Pro- car accident. Probably two friends. Right. Killed. I mean, if he's racing with them and fooling around, like, he, he, they're absolutely friends. So, so he's scared snotless, okay? Um, after that, the McShay report comes out. Here's the only – for the point I'm trying to make here, I don't think this is going to affect an NFL team from drafting him, okay? It was a mistake. 21-year-olds make mistakes. There's a ton of people out there listening, myself included, who when we were younger in life raced or were in a car when we raced with buddies. It's something that we've done, whether you want to admit it or not, you can all put it under the category of stupidity and immaturity, but it happened. Okay? What I think is the only drawback here, and Rick Spielman, actually, I'm going to give credit here. I'm not going to steal it. Okay? Rick Spielman, a former general manager, his name was actually mentioned here a year ago when there was some talk that 
obviously um, Trent wasn't going to return. He he made an interesting point that that I think is one that is worth discussing. If he's already met with teams, McShay knew about this. I have to believe the teams knew about this. Uh, you would, except for Dave Caldwell and misses with guys like C.J. Henderson and some stuff like that, which today I still can't figure out, the amount of money and effort that is put into researching these players, these prospects, their backgrounds, man, everything they've ever done. I've been asked many times, not necessarily about people that ever went here to Jacksonville, but it was more about when I was over in Tallahassee directly working with collegiate athletes from, it could have been any assorted team. All right. And just a simple check of of this or a check of that but it's exhaustive and they turn over every rock the point that Spielman made if Jalen Carter was asked by a team or a couple of teams or three teams all right we understand there's a story out or this or that were you involved in it he said no sir no sir no sir it wasn't me it wasn't me and then all of a sudden this story comes out a day later you're going to look at this 21 year old and say he's a liar so again kids lie grown men lie every day in sports we're seeing lies I've got the Alex Murdoch trial going on. I mean, Pete, grown men lie. It's just, it's a part of life. Men lie, whether you want to believe it or not. So you're talking about millions of dollars here. Do you invest your top pick now in a guy that you can make the point you do not trust because he lied to you? Or do you take it all and just slam it off the table and say, poor kid, Involved in an awful incident, probably going to have an effect over the rest of his life. But here's what I know. He can play football. Let's bring him in. Let's take care of him. And Fresh we'll start. take our chances. Fresh start. I think, start he fall, I think he falls. But I don't think we all of a sudden, the Jaguars are up at 24 and Jalen Carter's on the, on the books. I don't, lo- <laughs> I don't think this affects where he's drafted whatsoever. I think the NFL is a scumbag league. Filled with front office guys that are scumbags, filled with players that are scumbags. We don't care about that stuff. Uh, like, unless he's charged with a felony and, you know, he's not. It's a couple of misdemeanors. I think it's appalling that he left the scene. I, I understand that, you know, he's 21, whatever. But I would like to think that even at that age, if I saw two of my friends in that state, I wouldn't be worried about my DUI charge. Yeah. But... Uh, whatever. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's certain NFL players, uh, front office people that don't care about that. There's going to be teams that are trading up to get this guy if he falls. Uh, I don't think it affects him, man. I, I mean, his draft status, that is. So he leaves and he gets. Comes back two hours later. Criticized for that. What if he stayed and he got tested? And he got a DUI. Right. Then I think that it might. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that might affect it. Well, you can, and the point I'm trying to make is you can, you can argue either side. You can argue which is worse, bailing as he did and returning or turning the keys off, stick them in your pocket, waiting for the officers to arrive and just take it all at one time. I mean, I mean, there's, and, 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 and again, these details are, are sketchy la- at this point. a lack point. of empathy, you know, to, to bounce like that. I, I, like I said, it's I agree with you, but I also think he was scared to death. Yes. You know what I mean? He yes. was scared to death. And he was drunk. I mean, obviously, I'm making an assumption, 
but they leave a strip club after celebrating the national championship win at 3 in the morning, driving through both lanes of traffic at uh, speeds of excess of 100 miles an hour. Like, of course he was drinking. Of course he left because he didn't want to get a DUI. But uh, did they not? They, he came back. Did they not remember what happened with the Riggs situation Dude, just last a year ago? Year. Rugs, but yeah. Rugs, I mean. Last year just happened. These kids think they're invincible. You know they, the, these two kids have the whole world in the palm of their hand. The, the craziest part about this story is that like a day later, a linebacker or a defensive player, I forget, but he's supposed to be like an All-American this year, got in trouble for racing. A Georgia player, right yeah. at the day after one of his assistants and teammates died. Yeah. Like, no control in that program right now. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, 80s Miami sounding, you know, like just Florida of the mid-2000s. Just like these great programs with just like dumbass kids and coaches that are just letting them run amok. So I don't believe he was ever tested. No, so he came this So he can is, flat out deny that he had anything exactly. to drink. Exactly. So he comes back to the scene. He is talked to by a police officer. The police officer says he doesn't have any reason to, you know, think that he was drunk or whatever. But this is hours after. I mean, me and you, Rick, both know mm. that if you sit out for a couple hours, you can make yourself seem pretty sober. No. Clean yourself up a lot. What a terrible story. Twenty four year old Chandler LaCroix. Uh, they measured the blood alcohol level there, 1.97. Twice the legal limit. So, like, if the driver of the other car is drinking, I'm just going to make a crazy assumption that the guy he's racing that he was with in the strip club until 3 a.m. probably was as well. I'm also going to make the assumption that uh, last year's number one pick Trayvon Walker, who hit two parked cars in the middle of the night, was also drinking. And guess what? The Jags took him number one. Nobody cares. Like, that's my point. No one cares. I don't even remember that. that. When did that happen? Exactly. That story was like out right before the draft or right after the draft. Nobody cared about that. He hit two parked cars in the middle of the night. And I guess his excuse was he was tired or he was just like. Wait a minute. Am I getting that old? Or did I leave that part of my brain in Costa Rica? How did I forget that? That's my point. That happened a year ago. I don't even remember exactly. It. Like the, we just don't care about this. The front office doesn't. They still drafted him number one, and he's not even good. Like of course this guy's gonna get taken. He's awesome. Shame on you to say the Trayvon's on he any will, good. He's not oh, anywhere he's gonna, as close to the prospect that this guy is right now. He's gonna bounce sure. back, man. Trayvon's gonna bounce right. back. <laughs> All right, we need to take our final one of the we night. Do. Hacker Nation will join you at eight. Mr. Bagan and friend, Mrs. Thatcher, the Paisley, Mr. Brezhnev and party. The ghost Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. And now, adding color, the group of anonymous Latin American meatpacking glitterati. If I ever do write songs, I want to write like Waters and Gilmore. That is just. You can polish the metals 
Sing with us, people. Ready? Boom, boom, bang, bang. Lie down, you're dead. Is there a better lead singer, lead guitarist in the history of rock and roll than David Gilmore? There is not. Don't Jimi Hendrix me. All right. Don't um, Billy Gibbons me. Uh, Don't Eric Clapton me. He's number one, right? Prince. You you Prince people, you, you could probably bring it. Okay. I may not be in... Your weight category to take on Prince, because I know you people are going to come after me for every angle, but... Um, Prince people are like that. Oh, they man. are. I mean, they'll throw stuff at me. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, they'll play unfair, you know? They're like heels in wrestling. They'll come after me with foreign objects, but um, we will see. All right, good to be back after a week out. Do appreciate Hacker filling in. Tomorrow night, live report from Indianapolis and the Combine. It really begins to pick up tomorrow because we have live workouts, okay? That'll be the case Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Also, more golf, right? Bay Hill, my goodness, we are a week away from being out at the Players. Next Wednesday night, we'll be right there at Sawgrass to get ready for the Players' Championship. Um, So what a brilliant time of year it is, no question about it. I want to thank all our uh, guests tonight, including... Uh, getting opportunity to talk with uh, Liberty DeVito from the Lords of 52nd Street. They'll be in town next week. Uh, original members of Billy Joel. That's going to do it for JJ. My name is Rick Ballou. You have a great night. We'll talk tomorrow at 6.